Welcome into this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. We hopefully are back to our normal, regularly scheduled podcasting. Nathan Stacken here, my good friend and co-host of this podcast, Travis Crins, joins me here. Travis, uh, welcome. Uh, it's good. Yes. It's good to be on a, a more regular basis here. We did the NFL preview podcast last week, but uh, hopefully here going forward, we'll get back to our normally weekly. Uh, podcast where we cover all sports, all gamuts, and uh, live from St. Cloud. Well, not you know when everyone listens to this, this isn't live, but from St. Cloud and Mitchell, it's it, it's good to get back into a routine, into a rhythm here. Everything is packed, unpacked, and ready to go. Mostly, mostly. Um, there will be some. There will be some rearranging, but. Um, it, it, it is uh, it definitely is starting to feel more and more like home and that's always a good thing here okay. a few things need to get fixed here and there but but we will we'll, we'll get them done um, let's start though uh, we'll get the show off and running hope you see what I did there with uh, the Minnesota Vikings and right. their campaign is off to a great start a one and0 start and they did it. In all three facets of the game, running or offense, defense, and special teams, but really, the the star of the show was Dalvin Cook, and the fact that the Vikings ran it somewhat thirty-eight times, thirty-eight of their forty-nine plays were running plays. Uh, Kyle Rudolph joked after the game that they're going to try and set football back one hundred years, since it is the one hundred year anniversary of the National Football League. I would say uh, to that, Kyle, my retort would be if anyone wanted to get set back 100 years, they could have just watched Thursday night Chicago-Green Bay game. That'll set it. Uh, NFL back 100 years with that. Oh, my God, that was awful. But um, with that being said, uh, Dalvin played great. The defense was great. Uh, I kind of expected something like this, uh, but I think the best part is is that this Viking team, I think, it has a real identity this year, and I would hope that this is the first of many impressive victories this season. Yeah, it was very good. Defense was good. I always think they're the best in the league. They're very good. Anthony Harris had a couple interceptions. He's fantastic. I, I, every, every time I see him on the field... It makes me more and more thankful that he got the opportunity to play because Sandejo got injured. Because Anthony Harris is far better than Andrew Sandejo ever was. Yes, yes, he is. When games started with the sack and a block punt, that's a pretty good start to the year. Yep. That sound was a good start. Offensive line was good run blocking. I don't know how good they were pass blocking because they only passed 10 times. So, jury's uh, still out on that. Only allowed one but, sack, though, so, I mean, that's, you know, that's not bad. What? One, one sack allowed. They only allowed one sack. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, too, too many fumbles. Can't be putting the ball on ground that much. Um, it's not all Cousins' fault, because sometimes he's rushed, and a lot of these hits, you can't see him coming, so you have to have a better uh, offensive line. But, what, three fumbles? I thought they only had, I think they only had one. Well, there was one, the, the, the botch snap, it was that. Oh, yes, was, yep, there yeah. There was some other one. Yep. There was one that wasn't a fumble. It was a pass forward. They spent 10 minutes reviewing that one. So just yep. too many, again, the fumble. I'm watching this game. It was like, gee, quit fumbling with the ball. 
You know, I know he can't see the guy, but Jesus hmm. Christ, it's very infuriating for yeah. these fumbles. So they're fortunate with the fumbles that coming back and cost him. So, you know, you know what was uh, even I, more maddening than that was, um, was the uh, the constant offside penalties that Jesus Christ, I, third down, quit jumping. It, Hopefully, it's a first game thing, but Jesus Christ. That's got to get sick, too. Yeah, it, damn. I mean, because three of them led to first downs. I mean, that's... Yeah. I mean, you, you just can't do that. Um, so, I thought that was, uh, I think, a little bit more concerning. I, I think what the best, the best part of this for the Vikings is that they... Um, they they were able to run it so much and bleed the clock out and stuff that we still don't know exactly what this offense truly is. You know, we don't know how Gary Kubiak's influence is going to be felt in the passing game because Cousins and the Vikings didn't have to do that. I mean, Adam Thielen didn't do much of anything because he didn't have to. He had the one 23-yard touchdown catch right away, and I think he had two more catches for 20 yards there. Diggs only had two catches, 37 yards. Kyle Rudolph didn't even have a catch. Uh, so I think, you know, as much as we're like, yes, this running game was great, and I expect that to continue throughout this season, what was even more impressive to me is the fact that this offense, we still don't know what they're going to do this year. Yes, they're going to run the ball a lot, but there's still so much more that we're going to be able to see from them. I, I think that, that, that to me was my favorite part of this. They won't do this every game, but if they did, I'd be fine with it. Run the ball as much as possible. Last year, they didn't run the ball a lot because they couldn't run the ball a lot when they tried. They sucked it. Yep. They couldn't run the ball. I know Zimmer wants them to run while Molly finally got an offensive line or a, a scheme here that kind of works for Delvin Cook. So hopefully he can stay healthy. And the boys the sneak guy did pretty well. So, yeah, run the ball. That was the big thing. Kind of a second half was pretty boring. But that um, yeah, defense was great. Offensive line, run blocking was great. Delvin Cook was great. They didn't miss a kick. Yeah. I mean, they're punters. They, 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 I forgot to mention this last week, but the kicker, don't trade for, I've said this before, don't trade for kickers. Don't draft kickers. There's dozens of kickers out there that are perfectly fine. They got Dan Bailey off the scrap heap. Uh, they got this punter off the scrap Don't. don't don't sign them. Uh, don't 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 draft them. Right. Don't waste fucking picks on them. Well, so uh, so don't do that. I Dan Bailey struggled mightily last year, and the Vikings wouldn't have traded Fine. a fifth round pick to the Ravens for Corey Vedvik yeah. if Bailey yeah. hadn't been struggling in training camp. So I yeah. it, I think in that regard, you know maybe that. The, the trade helped Bailey reestablish his focus and get back, I don't know, to 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 the basics or whatnot because he's certainly been kicking lights out since then. And I had totally forgotten that Matt Wiley wasn't on the team anymore and that the Vikings got Britton Colquitt. Uh, what, was wrong, what was wrong with him? Hunter wasn't a problem last year. What was wrong with him? Um, I, I think it's just a, 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 a possible to upgrade you know, you know what? You have a chance to upgrade your punter. Uh, I don't know if it was the net yardage or the punts inside the twenty, but I mean the Colquitts, uh, 
Britain and Braden that their their dad was a great punter back in the day. So I mean, this is a punting family. So I mean, they're almost like punting royalty. If if Britain Colquitt's better than Matt Weil, I I'm totally fine with them going after him, and he certainly didn't do anything bad at all. So I mean, and. I, I just look forward to seeing what this offense can continue to do week in and week out. Um, defensively, stop with the offsides. Xavier Rhodes, could you stay healthy for one freaking game? That would be fantastic. But very impressive win by the Vikings. Like, they totally throttled this Falcons team. I'm high on the Falcons this year. Uh, they did lose an offensive lineman, one of their rookies for the year with a foot injury, a broken foot, but they might be able to bring him back after eight weeks, one of those short-term IR stints. I So I'm not going to wane, or I'm not going to totally disavow the Falcons after one week, but this is the kind of performance that makes you think that this Vikings team might have something special brewing this year, but they have to. They have to beat the Packers. They should beat the Packers this week. I really hope they beat the Packers this week. I guess it's not a must win. They don't have to. But it would certainly go a long ways, I think, to showing a lot of people, especially with the schedule that they have in these first five, six weeks. And Because the Packers beat the Bears on the road Thursday night. And they have five of their next six games at home. So it would be pretty... Uh, Pretty critical, pretty pretty nice for the Vikings to be able to go in and steal one on the road there in Lambeau. And based on what I've seen or what I saw from the Packers, uh, I don't think that, I don't see there being any reason why the Vikings can't go in there and win. I think it'll be a lot better performance than they'd had last week or last year this time week two when they went to Lambeau. The less Kirk Cousins has to do, the better. Sure. If he's got to throw out, that's not Because he's going to give the ball up a lot. With the fumbles and the interceptions, whatever. So if he can limit him to under 20 attempts a game, that'd be, that'd be ideal. And, I mean, you got Frank Trubisky out there. The Bears picked him over Pat Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Yeah. That, that's all it needs to be said about the Bears. They picked him over a Hall of Fame guy and... Sean Watson is pretty pretty good too. So, wow. Yeah. They, they get paid. They get paid millions of dollars to make these decisions, and they couldn't have been more wrong. Well, wh- whoopsie, whoopsie on we're that one. We took a guy that shouldn't even be a back. We shouldn't even be in the league uh, versus Pat Mahomes. And Hall of Famer Patrick Mahomes. Please let's let's make sure whenever we reference Pat Mahomes that we throw the H O F in there because I don't know if my fantasy team is going to win this week. They probably won't, but it sure as hell ain't going to be Pat Mahomes' fault. I know that one. It's going to be Joe Joe Mixon's fault and Brandon Cook's fault if it's going to be anybody's fault here. I so sorry. Go ahead. Who is Michelle? Who's this? Uh, Somebody new? So, yeah, someone new. Someone new. Uh, I think someone my mom works with. All right. Well, she's probably going to beat me with Drew Brees tonight. So, as long as we're on the quarterbacks, um, the uh, the Washington State guy for Jacksonville comes in. And Gardner Minshew. Does, does, he, does, he does great. What was he 22 or 25 for a couple touchdowns? Yeah, or 13 for his first 13 passes. 
he's, he's an awesomeness guy who barely played college, never got a chance, liked it up last year. Well, he wasn't drafted, was he? He was drafted in the sixth round, fifth or sixth yeah. round. Late round pick. Nobody thinks he's. I, I think he'd be fine. I think he'd be better than Blake Bottles ever was. <laughs> yeah. And, and hopefully they they have him be the guy here for for a while, if not full time, ever the remainder. And we'll see. I think he'll be just fine. And with Latella, with with the McCown brothers out there, all these terrible quarterbacks, you talk talk about all the time. Like, how, how many other Gardner Minshews are out there? Like, they, they, they never would have gotten a chance unless there was an injury. Mm-hmm. Unless, and then they take all these other guys, you know, the, the Jake Clockers and the Blake, Blaine Gabbers for some reason still in the league, I guess. And he shouldn't be. There's no reason why. He's never been good. I mean, I for almost ten years now. I certainly don't want to make Gardner Minshew into Tom Brady, but Tom Brady got his start because of an injury to Drew Bledsoe, and Gardner Minshew is by no means Tom Brady. But you are right when you say like, how many of these other guys are there out there that we've just never seen play because you know they didn't get that opportunity because they were behind a starter. Um, oh God, I'm trying to think of the. The kid from Syracuse a few years back that got drafted, uh, like N- Ryan Nassib or something. I I can't remember. If it, oh yeah, Ryan uh, Ryan Nassib. Yeah, Ryan Nassib. That's what I thought. Um, you know, there the people were pretty high on him, uh, and you know, and he hasn't done much as a backup. Oh. Um, but that's in part because you know it's just. He goes to New York. He's behind Eli Manning. Well, what if you know he had gone to some other place where you have an injury, or maybe you can fight for that starting job, and and things change. We just don't know. Uh, but I think your point is is valid that there are a lot of these guys, these Gardner Minshews out there that you know, if provided an opportunity, and plus, you know what, if you have to throw it as much as the the Jaguars did, and maybe the Chiefs are playing some soft defense maybe their defense is just naturally soft this year but it's still impressive to go out you know 13 for 13 and while we're on the subject of quarterback performances no one had a better performance this week than Lamar Jackson who silenced his critics wholeheartedly in the Baltimore Ravens 59 to 10 thumping of the Miami Dolphins. Miami, by the way, probably uh, for sure the worst team in the NFL. They may be the worst team ever. And it's funny that Pro Football Talk had the article. Well, I'm sorry. It was like in the last five, six years or whatever. Like even the Cleveland Browns, I think, were better than this team when they went 0 16. Uh, it was funny that hours after the loss, Pro Football Talk has the article about maybe there's a Miami mutiny going on and players are calling their agents saying, hey, uh, we would like to uh, request a trade. You know the the purge that's going on. No no more tanking for Tua here. But but be, be, beside that point, Lamar Jackson was absolutely sensational. He threw five touchdowns. Accuracy was great. Hollywood Brown, the rookie wide receiver from Oklahoma, fantastic. Uh, and yes, it is the Miami Dolphins, but. What was the the major criticism of Lamar Jackson coming out of college? It's like, oh, can he throw? He's more just a running quarterback. We want to make him into a running back or a wide receiver. I said, 
no, to hell with y'all. I'm going to be a quarterback. And to to John Harbaugh's credit and to Baltimore's credit in general, they've worked with him and they they said, you know what, we're we're going to change up the offense this offseason. You're not going to run as much. We want to make you throw it. And it was very very impressive what he did. And I don't know about you. I mean, I was always someone who said, yes, he can throw. You just need to work with him a bit. Don't make him a running back. He's He was great at Louisville. Let him do what he did there and maybe, you know, really hone in and, you know, focus on being more accurate because we know what kind of arm he has. Um I thought he was I thought he was great there and I wanted that chance for him and I'm I wish he had ended up in Minnesota but uh, congrats to Baltimore for for getting him and, and working with him and I, I hope he continues to do well because I'm a big Lamar Le- Lamar Jackson fan. Baltimore won some drill sacks last year to Lamar Jackson in the middle of the season. Two could have two completely more different quarterbacks. Yep. Their, their, their offense had to completely change, uh, which they did in the playoffs, and hopefully Lamar Jackson uh, can improve on last year. Like all, all these all these quarterbacks that are picked, it's like, all right, we're going to fix them, and uh, we want these certain guys. Instead of instead of changing them, how about you change your team? And that's what Baltimore did. Change your team to fit whatever quarterback. Because he's the most important position and, and Drew brought up something the other day with with how important the quarterback position is. Mm-hmm. Teams should be drafting quarterbacks every two to three years, even if it's a random dude in the fifth or sixth round. They should be drafting guys every couple of years, even if you're New England, if, if you're whatever, if you're Green Bay. I don't care who we are. Draft a quarterback, fifth round, sixth round, whatever, because if you hit on one of them, let's say you do that for a decade and you draft four or five guys, maybe they all suck, because maybe one of them's okay. Mm-hmm. And then, with how important the quarterback position is, it just makes too much sense not to take a chance on somebody that, that may be good, because we've seen plenty of guys picking the fourth or with Russell Wilson and Kirk Cousins and all these guys. They're fun careers. Yeah. It makes too much sense. Instead of, well, let's pick some random defensive lineman. Let's pick another tight end. Like, pick a quarterback, take a chance. If he doesn't do anything, so what? He's a fifth, sixth round pick. If he does something, hey, look at this. We got a sixth round pick that ended up being a starter. So, without, with how important a quarterback is, like, Vikings ever, they, Vikings ever draft a quarterback. They right. draft Ponder. That was a disaster from the second. Somehow that ended up being correct. Teddy, they drafted um, Teddy at the end of the first round. We don't. the The verdict is out on that one. I mean, that, it, it, he had the he had the chance to the potential to be awfully good. Had that injury Ponder? not happened, no, no, Teddy. Oh sure, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. And yeah, he, he was somebody, and he, and he dropped all the way through the fucking first round. Mm-hmm. Like what? Another Louisville Ponder? quarterback too, by the way. R- ridiculous. Um, they, they picked Tavares Jackson. Like what? What are we doing? Paul Pepper worked out well. But they usually don't even draft guys late. They don't take a flyer on a guy late. They, they usually don't do that. They usually bring their quarterbacks in. So take a chance on a quarterback. 
there's a, there's a lot there, there's got to be a lot of lot better ones out there than the McCown boys and what that Josh what does Josh Jackson that gets picked up every Josh Johnson Josh Jackson Josh Johnson, Josh Johnson goes to, he's never played before but he he's been around for twelve years and he gets picked up by a, a new team every three weeks the, being a goddamn picker the, there is like, what. Uh, there is yeah. someone out there that's better. His name is Colin Kaepernick, and oh, yeah, he, he'll, he's, he's never going to play again. Right, right. I'm just saying there there are quarterbacks out there who are better. Uh, and Drew Amon should be uh, an expert on this, considering his team sure. sucks uh, at the quarterback position. Uh, look at what Jameis yeah. Winston did. By the way, Jameis Winston is going to be the reason why I. Well, I'm the reason why I'm going to lose in our fantasy league. Uh, because well, I stupidly, I I went with the, oh, look at, you know, Jameis Winston against that 49ers secondary there in the South Florida Heat. He's going to be great. And then uh, he gets 20 fewer points than Phillip Rivers. So I'm going to lose unless Philip Lindsay gets like, I don't know, five points tonight, Monday night. Uh, and I'll ultimately hang on win. But yeah, that's the... He's the reason why I'm going to lose, and I shouldn't have listened. I just always go with Philip Rivers. Always go with Philip Rivers. Nick, Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins came in for Garoppolo last year. Random dude, Nick Mullins. I don't yep. even know if he was drafted. Comes in, he does fine. Yep. Like a guy like that comes in and he doesn't shoot, shoot, the, shoot the bed. Like how, how, was, how was Blaine Gabbert and Blake Bortles bottles so terrible? How are he so bad? And their first round picks, like top ten picks, when this guy Nick Mullins comes in and does fine. Like it's, there just isn't a better system, or if it's as good as it's going to be, and the system sucks right now as far as trying to decide who's going to be a good quarterback and who's not. Apparently, these guys don't have a clue. Right, that sucks for them. It does, absolutely. A couple other uh, interesting notes from. Week one in the NFL, uh, the Cleveland Browns. Oh boy, um, I'll talk with Jeff Lloyd here uh, the second, hopefully uh, from the Lockdown Browns podcast, either this week or next week. Uh, I, I really hope the Browns turn around. That that was not a good performance by them overall. Not a good response at all. Uh, it was just ugly to say the least. Delaney Walker with the quote of the weekend. <laughs> Uh, about crowning them, crown their ass, but they are who we thought they were. Uh, channeling the late Danny Green, which, by the way, if we're looking at the 100 years of the NFL, that is one of the all-time best press conf- or post-game press conferences of all time. I remember watching that. It, I, we, were, we were in college. It was the Bears and the Cardinals, Monday Night Football, and Matt Leiner got the start, and they... The Cardinals had no business losing that football game. And the Bears score three touchdowns, all of them non-offensive touchdowns, and came back to beat the Cardinals, and that was the epic Denny Green. We are, the Bears are who we thought they were, and they and we let them off the hook. It's great. What, oh, it's so good. Uh, so good. Congrats to Delaney there. Uh, the Patriots, scary good, and that's without that... Uh, Heard A.B. Antonio Brown, who has joined them now. Uh, this, uh, something's very fishy let me hear, here. Let me hear it. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Okay. I, okay. I mean, we know this is, you know, with Spygate and Deflategate and all this stuff. This is uh, 
something smells very fishy here with this Antonio Brown sort of deal for him to be I mean, the for him to be able to land with the Patriots hours after that, you know, for him to try and facilitate and push his way out of Oakland with all this stuff. John Gruden looks like a, a the dumbest piece of shit uh, in in all of this. Truthfully, you know, say, oh yeah, that's fine. That video is great. I love it. I love being you know wiretapped and all this stuff. Antonio Brown's a freaking joke. I hate the man. Um, on the same scale as I hate you know Tyreek Hill. No, they're two separate entities in my mind. I mean, Tyreek Hill beat his child, even though the police don't have the uh, evidence. By all means, it sounds like he did. And um, and plus, he has a domestic violence issue against him. Anyway, so his rap sheet's a little longer. And yes, Antonio Brown does have a domestic uh, violence uh, issue against him. But he's so much more of a wackadoodle. Uh, a whack job. It's all about me, me, me. Just look when he filmed his team in the locker room. I think that was like after the Chiefs playoff game a couple of years ago. And he's just smiling in there. I mean, it's all about him. Uh, so he's a tool. And I despise him. And I wish nothing but the worst for him. Uh, so I'm sure he'll. that means he'll do great in New England this year. The Patriots didn't need him, but this is where he wanted to go, and the Patriots ultimately, they offered the Steelers reportedly a first-round pick for him, and the Steelers like, no, we want to get him away from from you guys. Uh, we want to get away from playing him as little as possible. We, we don't want to play him very much at all. Ultimately, he lands in Oakland, but you know, from the outset, it just didn't seem like it it was going to fly uh and now he lands in new england after it gets released by the raiders on saturday and grins it, it, it it's it's just fishy there's no other way around it this whole fishy it's fishy the patriots did something here they had to have something you know he had to have done something like reached out to them to begin with um but the the whole thing I, I just hate him. I just hate Antonio Brown. And I know hate's a strong word, so I'm sorry to all the people out there that... Why do you hate him? What, what did he do that you hate? He is, like, as much of an anti-teammate as possible. He's... I, it's, it's all about him. He just... He whines and bitches about everything. And... Why, why did the Raiders cut him? Why did they cut him? They didn't have to cut him. Why the hell did they cut him for? They just got him. Is he an asshole? Yes. Is he a pain in the ass? Yes. Why the hell would you cut him? Well, because I think if they they would or I think they were going to look at placing him on the um, suspend him. On the, right, it, you could suspend him for conduct detrimental to the team and put him on the. Yes. On that non-football injured list, or you know, whatever list they have to be able to do stuff like that, I think it comes down to the, the to the guarantees and the void. You know, the that I don't know if they wanted to keep battling with him and they just decided to cut their losses while they they could. I don't know if that's the case or not. Uh, yeah, the Raiders look foolish in this, very much so. The Raiders look like the dumbest franchise going right now. The, the, the TV GM looks like a dumb shit. The TV coach looks like a dumb shit, like you said. I, I mean, I don't, I don't think Mike Mayock. I, 
I mean, I, I feel I feel bad for, I feel bad for Mike Mayock because I don't think he's truly a GM. I think it's John Gruden, and it's more that it's it's more that Mike Mayock is kind of the figurehead. I think you know they were talking about good cop, bad cop, and all of this here. I don't think Mike Mayock has nearly as much power as normal GMs do. This really goes through John Gruden. And John Gruden's just I've been so far out, so far removed from the game, at least on the coaching side of it. Yeah, he was fine as an announcer, but he loves everyone, man, and uh, he just he he needs to go away, I think, because if this situation doesn't show that he's out of it and doesn't get the business now these days, I don't know what what does. But um, I guess go back to your point about how foolish everyone is. He trades Kyle Mack for no reason. Mm-hmm. They trade Amari Cooper for no reason. Yeah. They trade for Antonio Brown for no fucking reason. And they cut him for no good reason. Yeah. All of I don't, I don't get any... None, none of those moves make any sense. I'm sure Antonio Brown got there and said, what a, what a joke this fucking team is. Let me get the hell out of here as soon as possible. That's what he did. So it's good for him for getting getting out of that embarrassment. Yeah, but that okay, so, but why is that okay for him to do that? Why is it okay for him why, to sabotage why, why is it okay for, why is it okay for him to sabotage the team? How? Yeah, he had the foot thing, which is enough thing. He had the helmet thing. Which is enough to say. Just, just ignore him. Ignore him. He wasn't gonna miss games because of a goddamn helmet. Just ignore him. So yep, you talk and yep, talk, do whatever, tweet about whatever, make a video about whatever. Like none of that matters. Like yeah, whatever. Show up on Sunday, catch a lot of touchdowns. If you do that, we're fine. Tweet about, talk about whatever. Like all, all this stuff he said. Like none of it matters. None of it matters. Like yeah, talk, whatever. Just show up there and, and play. The Pittsburgh Steelers coddled him way too much. Um, they put up with the, oh, way too much shit, and that's why I don't. I, I, I have a yeah, but that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Like you can you can put up with stars get away with a lot of stuff, but they all. They, but this he would have been cut, but since it's Antonio Brown, no, the Patriots are going to get him, and he should be fine. I what I hope doesn't happen is that this is the exact same thing that happened with Randy Moss where the Raiders traded Moss to the Patriots for a fourth round pick and everyone's like oh Moss was such a problem child in in Oakland the, the Patriot what are you doing New England and then he turns out to have his best season of all time he's a model citizen he's on his best behavior I don't think Antonio Brown can do that. I don't think he can go by the Patriot way. I think he can have a very, very successful season in New England. I hope like hell it doesn't happen, but I think he is so so far into me, 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 and ahead of the team. He's thinking about that next contract. He's thinking about his, you know, you know his public eye and you know there is public image and all this stuff he doesn't give a shit about the team like yes it is it ultimately going to help him win a super bowl sure 
but he's thinking more about the contract and 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 again it's it's just me right so if you're go okay but if you're going to New England you're you are getting paid half of what you would you were making the guarantees in Oakland Financially, uh, it, it didn't work out so well for, for this for this idiot. But he'll have a great year. He'll go somewhere else. Somebody else will sign him. He'll probably get his money that way. Any, anything the player can do to to, to one up the owners because they can catch you at any time. They don't got to pay you a dime. So any, anything the players can do to to screw the owners of the team, I'm fine with. Um, even if the even if the player is a giant jackass like this guy. Yeah. So you're, That's fine, yeah. you're you're fine with Antonio Brown. You're defending Antonio Brown. I'm fine. I'm fine with him. Um, like go. This is like kind of a Kevin Durant going to Golden State. Like, yeah, if you had your, if any player had their pick of where to go, where do where do you want to go? You want to go to New England? You want to win a Super Bowl? Where else? For you want to go to Pittsburgh? Yeah, but teams. okay, but if if they want him, I don't know. Like, yeah, let's see. Where do I want to go? Mm, I want to play with Tom Brady. I want to go on that team right there. Boom, fifteen million dollars. They get a receiver. But Crins, uh, you don't sabotage the team that you got traded to just to to sure. to make them. Oh, Crins, come on, man. That's see, I that okay. That I can't. I can't go with that. You you don't do that what, shit. What do you do to sabotage the team? Did you all you just mentioned it, you know, between the, the helmet thing and the, the cryogenic you know, the, the the foot and then and the putting this all this uh, this crap and this garbage on garbage on social media and the, the fine like putting the fine out on there and like yeah yeah y'all judge me like he he sounds like a dumb shit. And then getting like, into the altercation matter, like all that matters to me. Like all of that is like again, it's just like noise. It's like but okay, it, it's a distraction for the team, and like how? It, I, I I guess I don't. I, I you just gotta ignore him. Ignore him. He's gonna throw. He's like the kid in class that's gonna be be a fool. You just ignore him. Say yes. Stupid ass Billy over there is making these noises and acting like a jazz dragon. Well, yes, I ignore him. I get. So, I mean, he wanted he wanted to get out of there, right? If he yes. wanted to stay, he probably wouldn't have done all this, right? Like, all of this, he did all of this, right? Because he wanted to not be this. Is that right? Well, yeah, because he... He's not going to do this in New England. You're not, I think we agree that you're not going to hear a peep from him in New England. They had a guy murder somebody. We didn't hear a shit about it. If somebody right. can murder somebody, I don't think the Patriots are going to have problems with his feet or his helmet. But, but he was Somebody doing murder. But he was doing this shit in Pittsburgh and Mike Tomlin you know, I think Rich Eisen or something had said it too, that he deserves a you know, the 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 Medal of Honor for peace for peacekeeping and stuff because of how they were able to kind of keep things all in house. They were just letting him. Yeah, again, they coddled him. They they let him be late for meetings. They let him you know throw a, you know trash cans and you know Gatorade bottles and and containers and stuff. All of it. they let him have his temper tantrums and stuff. They're like, yeah, yep, it's just Antonio Brown. That shit ain't gonna fly in New England. Like so, th- there's nothing that's gonna change. There's nothing that's gonna change 
What Antonio like what Antonio De- Brown did in Oakland is childish. It's a petulant child, sure. and yeah. it's yeah. the same shit that he did in Pittsburgh. But Pittsburgh eventually just got sick and tired of it. But they were st- again they knew about it, and that's why they said we have to trade this guy. And Oakland's like, yeah, we could take the problem child. We have Vontez Perfect and all these other you know the Island of Misfit toys. We can deal with Brown, and they're like, oh no, no, we can't. Like this is this is bad. We didn't realize it was this bad. So congrats to you, Pittsburgh. There's no way that New England is going. To, at least I don't think so. I don't think New England is going to be able to conform, or Antonio Brown is going to be able to conform to the Patriot way, where he's going to do every every absolute thing by the book. If you can't tell me that if he's showing up late for all these meetings, with in Pittsburgh and Oakland, that all of a sudden that he is going to just show up, be on time, be 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes early every damn day for a meeting for that Bill Belichick had? No way. No way on God's green earth is that going to happen. He's going to do something to screw it up, and I would hope he's on the shortest leash possible, but I just don't see how you can flip a switch like that and go from being this petulant child to all of a sudden a model citizen. I don't see how that happens. Randy Moss was right. the exception, but even he was not nearly as bad as what Antonio Brown has displayed in these in, in Pittsburgh and his very brief layover in Oakland. I wouldn't feed this food to my dog. Randy Moss, right? Right. <laughs> write, write this down. Dog food? Caddyshack? I, I, that reminds me of the Caddyshack line. Dog food? I'll show him dog food. <laughs> That's right. Write this down, remember it, whatever you got to okay. do. I don't think there's going to be a single thing that he's going to do. Maybe something will come out after the year or something. I think he will be absolutely fine. We won't hear any work for this man all season long. I hope like hell you're wrong, but I, I, I feel like you are probably right in this regard. It just pisses me off. Bill Belichick, greatest of all time. Brady, greatest of all time. Yep. People people act different when they know that they're going to win a Super Bowl. They say, if I'm nice for these next four months, I'm going to be playing in the Super Bowl. I'm probably going to win it. That's what he wants, I bet, more than anything. Maybe not more than money, but we'll see. But people, when people go to New England, they know they're going to be in a Super Bowl. So that's good. Do you see what your buddy Mike Greenberg said today? That this is the... The worst, like he he doesn't remember any anyone ever doing anything like this in thirty plus years, something like that. Is that what? What we have just witnessed is the most unprofessional act that I can ever remember seeing in sports. Like, come on, dude. It's like well, okay. What would you? I can understand. I can understand people being upset, and not liking it, but the for, what? Okay, what would I you put ahead of that? Ask, you know, what? Huh? What would you put ahead of that? What would I put ahead of this? Yeah, the, in terms of unprofessional. What would I put ahead of this? Mike Tyson bit off Evander Holyfield's ear. Well, that was pretty unprofessional. A man, a man bit off a person's ear. Would you agree with that one? I... So that certainly wasn't... Rod, Rod Artest and Steven Jackson went into the crowd yeah, yep. and Auburn Hills and fought the fans. They, 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 they fought fans. Okay, 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 okay. 
Not that I'm trying to defend Ron Artest. I've come up with but, about 20 of these. Okay, but not not to defend Ron Artest. But he did have a full beer thrown at him. Don't don't go in the crowd. He, he, it, he got suspended for the yep. entire year. Don't okay. Somebody threw it. Don't 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 go in the crowd. Don't lay on the scores table like he did. Don't. Probably there's some mental issues there. Probably like there's some mental issues in this Antonio yep. Brown thing. But show some restraint. Don't. Nothing good can happen. I agree. Go in the crowd. Just like nothing, nothing good happens after, happens after midnight. No. Um, Who's that dude for the Bills that retired at halftime? Oh, uh, yes. Um, Who was on uh, defensive back? Yes, it, it was. Uh, oh, my gosh. Who, who was it? Uh, I'll, I'll find it here. I think it was like. Whoever that guy was. Uh, Tanya Harding hired or told her, told Tanya Harding hired her husband to hire somebody to put a lead pipe to Nancy Kerrigan's leg so she could be on the Olympic team or whatever that situation was. Yeah. Aaron Hernandez, like I said, murdered a guy. Aaron Hernandez killed a man, was sent to prison for life, and then proceeded to kill himself. Monte Davis is the uh, is the player that uh, retired at halftime. He's a genius. The, the, remember the video last year of the Dolphins offensive line coach sniffing cocaine before meeting? Yeah. Yes. Yep. This. And, 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 and Mike Greenberg wants to think that Antonio Brown is the biggest offender of all... He's not even the biggest offender of the week, for Christ's sake. And he thinks he's the biggest of all time, for Christ's sake. But Charles Freewell choked his coach. Choked his yeah. coach. But Antonio Brown sending a tweet or a video of whatever the fuck it was about, he's the worst. I just look at him like, What? I, I think you bring up. Saying. I think you. I think you bring up several good points. Richard Ruth killed his wife well, and then hid in a trunk of a car. And Ray Ruth, as of a few months ago, now out of prison for killing his pregnant girlfriend slash wife. Ray Rice punched his girlfriend now wife in the mouth in an elevator, and the fell suspended of two games because he said no, she was drunk and passed out. There was a video that showed no. Ray Rice punched his girlfriend in the face and drove her out of an elevator. This been in four games. He never played again. But yeah, but Antonio Brown tweeting out a letter saying he's suspended. Well, I mean, that's unprofessional. Adrian Peterson whipped his kid's genital like he's whipping up an egg to make pancakes on Sunday morning. And the Vikings thought a one-game suspension would be enough, but then they changed their mind on that after sponsors pulled out. I, I get. I think the, I think the difference apart from the Mike Tyson deal and maybe the Tanya Harding thing is that all of these are off-field. Albert Haynesworth yeah. stepped on a guy's skull. Yeah, that's and that's certainly not good either. And uh, who's uh, like in Dominican Suez? I saw a guy this week. He kicked somebody in the face. Who was that? I saw some lineman. He was on his back. He kicked somebody right in the goddamn face. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, the, uh, Greg Robinson. Greg Robinson. Yeah. Woody Hayes, old-time Ohio State coach Woody Hayes, punched a player, punched an opposing player. He never coached again. That was that. Was that. Michael Irvin stabbed a teammate. What else do we got? Just 
so many things. I can understand people being upset, but Jesus Christ, of all the things that have happened, I mean, got uh, Doc Ellis pitcher for the uh, Pirates. He pitched a no-hitter on LSD. Shit, I mean, all of these things. I mean, Colonel Washington with the Rockets back in the 70s punched Rudy Tomjanovich in the face so much that Rudy Tomjanovich had to get reconstructive surgery on his entire face. Yeah. This happened during a game. But, hey, so when he says Antonio Brown unprofessional, it's like, have you watched sports? I, I don't like him to begin with. But it's like, what? To come out with a... That's like a Skip Bayless sort of thing. And Stephen A. Smith, he was on it too, saying, oh, this is terrible. It's not good. But Jesus Christ, for this stuff... For people to think, oh my God, this is awful. I thought it was way over the top when there's been a hundred different things. I mean, this doesn't even come close. This is a guy that obviously didn't want to be on the team he was on. So he caused a fuss, and the team caught him, and he got his wish. And now he's on the best team. So he's on, again, he's a petulant no. child and a crybaby, and, yes. uh, uh, and unprofessional. And he got his way. And he got his way. Yeah, and was that's the worst part of it. Sure. Was it the most unprofessional thing? No. You know what? Nothing. I wish nothing but ill will upon this guy. Um, I, I really hope he pops, a, like, tears an Achilles tendon or something like that. You know, get hit by a car would be sufficient enough for me or uh, or something. Like, yeah, so, like, you know what? Whatever whatever happens to him, it, it it's it's not good enough. Um, Obviously, I don't agree with all that because I don't. He can do whatever he wants. Don't, don't hurt anybody. Don't punch your wife. Don't fucking kill your wife. Don't punch your kids. Don't do. Don't have a bunch of guns. Don't. Well, we the worst thing he does is this, and that's. that's well, we were. While we were just talking about this here, apparently the end to this Texans Saints game was simply bananas. Uh, uh, the, the Texans. Uh, the Saints make a field goal, get up 27-21, 55 seconds left. Two plays later, the Texans score to go up 28-27. And then uh, the Saints drive down, make a 58-yard field goal with no time remaining. The Saints win 30-28. Um, Saints have trouble with like late-game leads where it's like almost impossible to score. Mm-hmm. And they make it seem... It took them two plays to go like 80 yards to almost win the game. Like, how do you do this? The only, the only way they lose the game is if they give up a touchdown. There's like 40 seconds left. Yeah. And like maybe one timeout, maybe no timeouts. How do you let that happen? I don't know. Saints. Saints. Jesus Christ. Lucky, I mean, lucky bastards. Unlucky because they, they lost to the Mark Breaker in the goddamn. They, they got, uh, you don't have to worry about their kicker making a long kick. Whoever they got kicking. Will Lutz. Passed. Will Lutz did miss a field goal, yeah, though, at the end of the first half. But, uh, ouch. I feel they, bad they for the got, Texans. I really wish they would have won. I really wish they would have pulled that one off. That's a shame. Um, I still... They, they, covered, they covered, so what do you want them to do? Yeah, they were very good. Hey, hey, you know what? Like Washington did against Philadelphia. The over was 52. The over was 52. It was a slow start on the over-under and didn't look like the over was going to cash. And what do you know? What, three scores in 50 seconds? Don't, yep. don't bet on sports. 
Uh, so there we go. So the Saints win. That's a bummer. Um, uh, cause we hate them, but anywho, um, week two, Minnesota goes to green Bay. So that'll be interesting. We'll see what happens there. We'll see what Antonio, um, uh, the, the quickly, I guess the Patriots are 16 point favorites against Miami. You take the over on that, right? You, you gotta got take the 16. I got them at 17 and a half. I took Miami. That's a lot of points. No, a lot of Chris, points. they're so bad. You just points. talked about how good Antonio Brown's going to be, and then you have the audacity to tell me you were going to take Miami, like take the points. Come on, the the Patriots you will score. You always say, what do you always say? My New England, they don't do well with Miami. They don't, but that's that, it's in December, and uh, it, this game is taking place in September, and this is by far the worst team. Miami team ever. Uh, no, I, I'd take... The, the Patriots will have minimum, minimum 38 points by halftime. I mean, yeah, this, this could get out of control, but doesn't it seem like it's just too obvious? Granted, the, the Vikings were 17-point favorites against the Bills last year, and the Bills won the game know, outright 27-6. to six. That was... Oh, that was embarrassing. Doesn't it seem like it's... Well, they could fill one of the 38-21, and that'd be 17, so that'd be fine. It just seems just too obvious. Oh, yeah, they're going to score 50 and beat them 50-10, to 10, which could happen, but that's the thing about the football. Who knows? Nobody expected this game tonight to be competitive, and Houston led basically the entire game. Yep. Yep, very, very true. I, and I wish they would have won because I, I don't like the Saints. I, and, uh, yeah. I picked them to not make the playoffs. I would really yeah. hope that this would, uh, uh, I don't know, you know, that a loss would have gotten them in an early hole. You know, they have to go to Seattle and L.A. here the next uh, couple of weeks. So they would have potentially stared in 0-3 start in the face. I, I just don't think they're as good um, this year as they have been in previous years. But who knows? We'll see how it goes. Um, speaking of teams that are bad, the Tennessee Volunteers are going to hit a new low this year. Oh. They will be lucky to win three games. Maybe it'll only be two. Um, they're bad. The Miami Hurricanes, they're 0-2. That's not good. Uh, who's the other team that I was... UCLA is awful. Yep. Oh, boy, that's bad. Washington found a way to lose to Cal. I unbelievably. Um, I don't know how you can kick a 17-yard field goal, but but apparently you can. But Tennessee, ouch! Like it's that, that it's bad. It's bad there. They, they were bad, and then what? Bad. Josh. One one more thing that's also worse than Antonio Brown. This this reminds me. Was it Josh Dobbs? Yeah. Tennessee quarterback. He got traded from Pittsburgh to Jacksonville to have another guy. Yep. And he looks it. like Charlie Villanueva. Yes, he does. And Kevin Garnett once called Charlie Villanueva a cancer patient during a game. Yeah, that's not that. That's not put good. That, put that on the Antonio Brown scale of some bad things to do. Yes. Um. So there was that. Uh, but uh, like, how are they so bad? They were, they were bad, and then Joshua Dobbs would eh, win eight, nine games. Then he hasn't been there for a few years, and they bring in a new coach. And God damn, 
bad. You know what's interesting is that kind of like in the NFL, you know, the Bill Belichick coaching tree. Has any coach really had any success? I mean, Josh McDaniel's mild success in Denver with Tim Tebow. Romeo Cronell had like one good year in Cleveland. Um, you know, Matt Patricia. I mean, look what the Detroit Lions did. Gave up a 24-6 lead against Arizona in the fourth quarter. And promptly... Well, I mean, I, I still don't Bill understand. Bill O'Brien, is he there? Yeah, Bill, yeah. O'Brien, Bill O'Brien's at Houston. Um, so Nick Saban, Nick Saban's a good coach. He is, and but just look at it. Look at the other guys that he has helped, like has, you know, brought in. You know, like Lane Kiffin, not great. Uh, this Jeremy Pruitt, former Alabama coordinator, not great. Uh, did I already mention Lane Kiffin? I'll mention him again. Not great. I mean, there's just so many of these. Uh, other coaches that get these opportunities, and granted, some of them, like the 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 guy at uh, at Louisiana, uh, formerly Louisiana Lafayette, getting in this co- controversy about forcing his players or strongly encouraging them to make donations to the alumni, so there's like to to the the Raging Cajun Foundation or whatever. Like you're talking, these guys don't even get paid for the games. You're telling them to make uh, a payment or a donation to the foundation. Shut the hell up. Um, it just seems like these these assistant coaches from these great great coaches, Bill Belichick and Nick Saban, that they struggle when they are able to run their own program. And I don't know if if that's because you know, like, do Bill Belichick and Nick Saban have so much control over everything that like some of the ins, it, it, like the intricacies of these programs. Like, and how to run one that the, you really don't know how uh, do you try and do things their way and it just doesn't work any place but New England and Alabama uh, you know respectively I don't know but um, it, 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 it it's amazing to me that the, the struggles that Tennessee has had uh, I mean it, it's funny it's very very funny to me you got um Nick Saban was an assistant for Belichick with the Browns. So he's got that. Yep. Uh, Kirk Ferentz was there too. So he's got a couple of better ones. A lot of these guys are are defensive guys. Like Belichick, he's like the defensive coordinator. He's like Mike Zimmer. It's like the the New England defensive coordinator is Bill Belichick. So a lot of these guys are defensive guys. So... Like, how the hell did what's his nuts get hired? Andy Reid's offense coordinator, Matt Nagy, or oh, uh, Brad Childress, Brad, Brad Childress, Brad Childress. Like, how the fuck did he get hired? If you're Andy yep. Reid's offensive coordinator, you're not an offensive coordinator, you're not calling the plays. If you're Mike Zimmer's defensive coordinator, you're also not calling the plays. So, I know why teams hire guys who are not calling the plays. Mm hmm. Why hire a guy when he's not in charge of the goddamn offense? I don't know. So that's an issue. But yeah, I don't know why they don't have... Yeah, probably the expectations are too high. I would say. Yeah. Or maybe it's because Bill Belichick is still coaching and none of these other guys can win a goddamn Super Bowl because they're all coaching against him. Could be. Could be. I don't know. Uh, Minnesota escaped in double overtime over Fresno State. Get, got LSU, oh, Texas. LSU, Texas. What a game. What a game. They should, 
LSU has a quarterback. I, I didn't see it. Oh, Crins, it was so good. Uh, it, it, looked, it looked like the fourth quarter, 40 points was scored. It seemed like a lot of points. The LSU has a quarterback this year. Joe Burrow. Well, don't don't, don't knock his performance against Texas because that's big. It's clutch. Like, is this Texas any good, though? we got we to gotta figure this out. Are they any good? Yes. Yes, I would is say so. defense good? I mean, it's, it's a big 12 defense, so I got to, you know. He played with Georgia Southern the week before. He's got Northwestern States. You know, he's got... See what he does against Florida. See what he does against Alabama. Yeah. I'm, I'm pumping the brakes on Joe Burrow for Heisman. Oh, I'm not saying he's Heisman, but I'm just saying he's the I mean, LSU a has a quarterback, and they are certainly going to be a factor in the college football playoff. We'll see if they can beat Alabama. Uh, by, 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 all means, by all means, the Gophers should be on, too. By all fucking means. Yes. But they're not. Much to my disappointment, they're not. <laughs> And they've got another toughie this week, I assume. Yep. What, what max school do they have on the schedule this week? Uh, no, they have uh, Goss Southern. Oh, God. Michigan, I watched Michigan Army. That was yeah. fun. I wish, Army I wish Army would have beat Michigan. I wish they would have pummeled Jim Harbaugh. If Army, beat, if Army beats Michigan, I, maybe maybe Army goes undefeated. Army doesn't seem to be a very tough schedule this year. So, <clears throat> that was their one... For one chance, but they probably, probably would have been ranked. They would have beat Michigan. Yep. But they're not. They can't kick a field goal. Long field. Uh, again, we talked about the quarterbacks. It, it, it just can't be this hard to find a kicker. It just can't be. That kick though. To, that kick was what fifty-three yards away. True freshman. Because that was a kick. Yeah. And it wasn't like he missed. It. He didn't miss it by much. He had the distance. He had the distance. It was one to two yards right. outside of the upright. Like it didn't miss by much. But in, but like Alabama with their, I mean, how? I yeah. It, it seems like even even in high school, like get a kid off the soccer team. Like uh, kicking seems to be something you should be able to teach. Right. Especially if it's a guy that plays soccer and that's all he does is run and kick a goddamn ball. Mm-hmm. So. I know Mitchell here, they've got a kid that is on a soccer team and he kicks, and I think he's fine. So, I think I don't know why, why kickers are such a thing. Um, the Pac-12 looks like they're, maybe I guess Utah's their last hope. USC somehow beats Dan, I have no idea how that happened. It seems like well, two backup quarterbacks. lost. <clears throat> huh? Two backup quarterbacks in that one, and USC just happened yeah. to... Have the better one that day. I I I think Oregon's got a chance still, because if you Oregon's got to run the table here. Right. I mean the Pac-12 is just so bad, so bad. I mean Utah, Utah, Washington State at the end of the month. Winner of that game if they're still undefeated. Let's hop on that wagon. But other than that, I just this conference. <laughs> the Antonio Brown of conferences. Let's make <laughs> let's make you happy here. Let's talk Twins. Let's talk baseball here. Hey, the Twins of baseball. Let, let me ask go. you before we get to the Twins here. Boston fires GM Dave Dombrowski Sunday night. Yeah. Why? Like, does winning, does constructing, or does being the architect of a World Series team not buy you anything? 
I, this seems really not. This seems this is this seems like a very nearsighted decision by the Red Sox. I don't understand it. The Red Sox not making the playoffs. They're still going to win probably what eighty five games or so. They'll be the best. They'll be the second best team not to make the playoffs out of you know Cleveland, Tampa, whoever doesn't make it from that group. They had a disappointing season. Chris Sale was terrible early, then he was good, then he was bad again, then he got hurt, now he's done for the year. Uh, World Series hero Nathan Eovaldi, who they signed for ungodly amounts of money, like three years, $60 million for some reason. He was hurt, and he sucked when he did pitch. He was out of the bullpen, then he was a starter, and he's awful. And he really has been. I mean, it's a lot of money tied up in guys. But that's fine because what they've got like a two hundred and twenty-five million dollar payroll. Like Mookie Betts, so it's this year, next year he's a free agent. So I mean, they got a lot of good players, but I mean, it's yeah. Does he deserve to be fired? No, I don't think their farm system is very good. But when you're like them, you don't really need to be. You just right. go and get whoever you need. If you need a Garrett Cole, you you give him two hundred million or whatever. So. It didn't make any sense. Nor do I think it was justified. Okay. Well, good. Then I'm glad we're on the same page. Then. Uh, the, the, well, he didn't even finish the season. It's like yeah. he's a goddamn hockey coach. Right. What? Right. Let him finish the goddamn year. Shit, the fucking the diamonds on his ring still aren't glued in yet. <laughs> um, the Twins' offense is not very good lately. What? The, this last week was the Twins' offense very good. Well, they played Cleveland no, and Boston. Good. They, they played before that. Apart from the Red Sox, Boston, the Red Sox were good. Yeah, but the, the offense wasn't that good. Apart from Twins. apart from Mitch Garver, no one's hitting home runs anymore. The Yankees are seven home runs back as of the recording of this. You know, maybe maybe well, less than that. Uh, how many home runs did they hit tonight? Uh, let's see. Yankees, 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 they didn't play. They played a 5 nothing. they beat Boston. They hit two home runs. So, so five, five, back. five back. The Twins need to pick this up here. Um, and I think they will. I mean, we said that Cleveland would have to almost run the table, win all six games against the Twins. They obviously can't do that. They, only, they won two of three. But um, Twins need to get their offense going. And then the, the big news, of course, Michael Pineda. Um, oh, that that's that's not a good that's that's not good. No, I mean they're real Red Sox and Twins don't do well against the good teams. They do very well against the bad teams. So they've got two good teams this week. They've got Washington and Cleveland, and they play at home. It's not good. They're not good at home. They're great on the road. So they're Cleveland this weekend. Don't get swept. We'll be fine. So, I mean, the good news is they play Chicago, Detroit, and Kansas City. After this week, they've yep. got 13 games left, seven against the Royals, three against Detroit, and three against Chicago. So, go, what, nine and four? Should be good enough. Nine and four. Win two games this week. That's 12 more wins. That would put them at exactly 100. Magic number is, I think, 14. So, that would wrap it up right there so yeah they, they might struggle this week 
and their best pitcher got suspended. So that sucks. So yeah, not not Houston, not a great week. Houston's fine. They lost the extra inning game. That could have gone either way. But um, oh, yeah, they're still thirty thirty three games over five hundred. They are. Yep, and they're doing very good. In that front, uh, the wild card right now, Tampa Bay is the top wild card team. The A's then are the second. Cleveland's one and a half back of them. We can pretty much put Boston to bed. So that's good. On the NL side, Washington and the Cubs are leading that. Milwaukee's charging. The Diamondbacks are charging. Yeah, Diamondbacks. Look out for the Diamondbacks. The Phillies and Mets are still within striking distance, but... uh, don't think either of those teams are going to do anything. But, um, yeah, another big week for the Twins. We'll see what they can do this week. Do you, you think the Cubs are in? No. No, I, I don't I don't think the Cubs are in. I think okay. that I think that there are I, – I, I would love to say the Brewers will, will make it. I don't think that's likely to happen. I don't know what the Diamondbacks can do. Uh, let me pull up the Diamondbacks' schedule here. The Diamondbacks lost to – to the Mets tonight. I mean, the run differential is plus eighty. That's really good. Spending in the Cubs. What? What? Gives... Arizona traded away Greinke. They traded away what Paul Goldschmidt the off season. Uh, they, they lost a lot of dudes, and they're still very good now. The... Won... Here's their schedule coming up. Here, uh, they have three with New York. Then they come home for three against Cincinnati, three against Miami. Then they're oh, and then they're on the road at San Diego and which is you know fine, but then home against the Cardinals and the Padres to end the year. So the Cardinals are the only difficult team in that stretch. Um, so yeah, the Diamondbacks are certainly a factor, and we'll see what the Brewers can do. Um, the, Brewers, uh, Brewers won three out of four against the Cubs to get back in it. Yep, yeah. they've been if I if I can be fully honest here. They and, they and the Phillies have been one of or been two of the most disappointing teams this year. Yeah. But yeah, I would say that. Yeah, Phillies spent all that money on Bryce Harper. Well, Phillies have had a lot of injuries. So the Twins. So the Twins. Got hurt. Uh, he, he wasn't going to make that big of a difference. The Twins have had a lot of injuries. They keep battling through it. Yeah, Yankees. They've had the most injuries. They've right. Matter at all. Exactly. Uh, I mean, Buxton's probably done for the year. He effed up his shoulder there a month ago running into a walk. He was an idiot. And he was just about ready to come back, and he got hurt again. So <clears throat> he's played a little bit as a pinch runner and in the field. So it sucks for him. He didn't have a good year. He was. But I mean, Houston, what, Houston scored 30 runs in nine innings here these past two days. Well, they scored 21 against Seattle. It was, what, 9 nothing, 10 nothing against Oakland? 15 nothing. Jesus Christ. They won 15 nothing. Uh, 15 nothing in the eighth inning, I think, here. They scored 36 runs the last two days. 36, so. Playing their best when they really need to. Wanna, I really want to play the Yankees. I really want to play them. I, this has got to be the year. All the home runs, we're going to have to outflow them. I want the, I mean, Houston is very difficult. And I suppose you'd rather play Houston in a five-game series than a seven-game series because I don't want to 
Matthew Verlander and Grinky four times. We'd rather see him maybe once or twice. Right. But where are we at in the standings here? Is Houston close? Houston, they're, they're a half game back. So I guess I would rather play the Yankees. I don't think their starters are very good. Mm-hmm. So Houston, Yankees essentially tied right now. I want the Yankees. Twins are going to get swept, but let's, let's see what we can do. Get, get these guys some rest. Wrap this division up with a week to go. Maybe have these guys play Friday, take Saturday off, take Sunday off. Mm-hmm. They don't play Monday or two. Give them some rest. Give old man Cruz a rest. And see what we can do. Very good. We'll talk more Twins here over the, the final few weeks of the regular season and then once the playoffs begin for sure. Anything else before we say so long? SJSU played Long Island. I went to that game. I, I uh, like to shit on the crowds a lot. Apparently there was only 10,000 people there. It looked like there was more, but 10,000 people. And Zimmer's big thing that's criticizing the crowd, I guess. Yep. I was fine with it because overall, you know, coming off the big Minnesota game, like that's you know, something. And, you know, top five ranking and all this. Like, well, it's Long Island. Nobody right. cares about that, obviously. Right. Um, the weather wasn't good. Like, the weather wasn't good. It rained. It was windy. It was about as shitty as it could possibly be for the first weekend in September. Yeah. So it, it, it wasn't good. 10,000 people, whatever. They'll have bigger crowds here the next few weeks. So I'm not going to fault folks. Weather, weather was not good. So and it was Long Island. Right. Nobody cares. And they played... <laughs> And SCSU played their terrible backup quarterback. So. Yeah, Jabari oh, Gibbs didn't play. Gene Christ. Huh? Yeah, Jabari Gibbs didn't play. Not yeah, good. I, I went there, like, what, was he suspended? What happened? I had no idea. In, injury. Injury, yeah. Hopefully it's not a huge deal. You can get away with Cannon Nelson here against Long Island. You can maybe get away with him a couple more times, but, yeah, man, this team's got a wants to... Win some playoff games. Cannon Nelson sure is only going to get it done. So nope. that that was disappointing. All things considered. Well, they, you know what they're doing? They're just going to make you come come back and buy another ticket. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, if, I, if I can't get in for free, then I'm not going. Oh, <laughs> uh, just uh, like the Summit League tournament. Jake Winicky. Jake Winicky is playing football from Montreal. Uh, who is it? Yeah, and they got the uh, USC quarterback who's doing well, I guess. Uh, Strebner for Montreal, I believe. Uh, Winnicky, 10 games, 19 catches, 250 yards, four touchdowns. Okay. Oh, he's there. He's alive. He's playing football. So, good for him. NSCSU, the men's schedule came out a couple weeks ago. Yes. And I obviously I hated our old coach. I just hated him. Yep. Um, and the schedule, I mean, this is the type of, I mean, this is the type of schedule I would have preferred when they had the best player in school history. I would agree with and that because what's the use of, you know, playing the Arizonas, the Indianas, the Nebraskas when you don't have a, a good team? Like, is this just, it, yeah, you, I mean, you got to expect to get blown out in all of these. Well, I mean, we'll see what happens here, what, what they do, but and I'm sure nobody wanted to play them. Right. I'm sure USC didn't want 
I'm sure Nebraska sure as hell didn't want to play SDSU. Right. With Mike Tom. So it, it's hard to get games when you're good in major like they were. But I like the schedule. There's no bull, there's Peru State and Mississippi Valley. Samford doesn't do much for me. You got Nebraska Kearney, but I mean you got Florida Gulf Coast coming in, and you're going to those teams. You got to be Nebraska, Arizona, Indiana. That's good. That's yep. something. At least you know RPI wise, it ain't gonna hurt you. Nope. Hurt you. Nope. Not at all. And as uh, CBS Sports John Rothstein has pointed out numerous times, um, we're we're less than sixty days away from college basketball tipping off. Hell, freaking yeah! How much time we got left? What do you mean? What What do you have? I got one more. Yeah, go for it. Um. Stadium, there's a website called Stadium or something, or yep. some online network, Stadium, you're familiar with Stadium. Yeah, John Goodman and Brett McMurphy oh, and yes. stuff, the, the, these guys are a part of it. Chip Mount Goodman, yes, he was he's there. <laughs> and um, they, they, they put up a thing, Marcus uh, alerted me of this, and he had a thing, I don't know if he did this or he was just for you. It was a little two minute video. I think he's doing this for all the conferences. But he did it specifically for the Summit League. It was basically a poll of coaches about the Summit League and ranking these teams on on various categories. Tradition, media exposure, game atmosphere, budget and resources, uh, geographical recruiting base, proximity to players, uh, facilities, things like that. Okay. They took the rankings, rated them, added up the scores, one, two, three, four, nine. Well, what team came in first? Well, I would hope it's South Dakota State, but um, I'm guessing it's some school probably like NDSU or Fort Wayne. It was North Dakota State that came in first. I, I was watching this video, didn't know what the rankings were. I would obviously put FTSU one. You probably would as well. Yep. They put North Dakota State one. I was like, okay, you, you could argue that. I'd be fine. You could argue that. SDSU's been the best team for 10 years and whatever. But NDSU, they, they've been number two. You want to put them one? Fine by me. Sure. SDSU, they got to be number two on this thing. Number two comes up. It, it wasn't SDSU. I have a big problem. It was Denver. Yeah. <laughs> I had a big problem with Denver being number two. If SDSU isn't one, and they should be, and they sure as hell shouldn't be number three, USD was six, Western Illinois, of course, was last. <clears throat> Fort Wayne was eighth. Yeah, I thought it was a joke. And then this was, I guess, done by the coaches. They emailed the coaches, and they would rank them. SDSU, the only thing they ranked first in was game atmosphere. Can't believe a school that leads in attendance and have the best game atmosphere. Media exposure was two, second to Fargo. Um, Oral Roberts was one in history and tradition. NDSU was second, SDSU was third. Uh, well, something I didn't understand was facilities. SDSU was fifth. USD was third. Is that because of the, new, got, the new arena? USD got a new arena. Yeah. Would SDSU trade facilities with USD? If, they, if, you, if you could say to SDSU, we can transport USD's facilities to Brookings and you can give your facilities 
PUSD would, would SGSU do that? I don't think so. They've both got uh, the indoor practice courts now, and SDSU, they're going to do the renovations to Frost coming up, but yep. it's a new arena at USD. It's new. It's fine. Doesn't mean, so facilities at five, I was like, what other team has practice courts like SDSU? Right. <laughs> very USD few. maybe, but nobody else. Yeah. North Dakota, State, North Dakota State was one in facilities. I don't know. So that's, uh, and the other one that pissed me off was recruiting. They ranked SDSU fifth in recruiting base or proximity to players, I guess, because it's in the middle of nowhere and South Dakota is not a hotbed for college basketball. Right. But I would just have assumed that the best team in the past 10 years and the team that that recruited the two best players the conference has ever seen in Walters and Dom maybe a little higher than fifth in recruiting days, and I don't know, would probably be number one. You got a guy from St. Cloud, you got a guy from the middle of nowhere in western Nebraska. The recruiting base, Old Roberts was one, Denver was two. Here's a hint. If you're a, a, a player worth a shit in Denver, you're sure shit not going to Denver, you're going to somewhere else. Probably going so, to Colorado. If you're, go- you're If you're a great player in Tulsa, you're not going to Oral Roberts. You're either going to go to Tulsa, Oklahoma, or Oklahoma State. And Fort Wayne was three. Being in a big city does nothing for any of these schools. You're right. SDSU and NDSU, small, I mean, SDSU, a small town, Fargo, a much bigger town. No, recruiting base, Omaha four. Just because you have a lot of people, a lot of good players maybe in your state because you're a uh, city that you're in may have 250,000, 300,000 people. That doesn't mean the recruiting base for goddamn Fort Wayne or Denver or Omaha is better than South Dakota State that has recruited the two best players ever in like a five-year span. Right. I thought that was a goddamn stupid ranking there. It pissed me off probably more than it should for something that doesn't matter. So I, th- I thought, that, I mean... SDSU's one. You want to put them at two, okay, but to put Denver at two, Jesus Christ. You you it's want the to... common sense in there. Yeah, but... I mean, think. Think. Is, is the recruiting base bookings? No, it's goddamn wherever the coach is at. The recruiting base, past couple of years, was Washington State and Milwaukee. That's what the recruiting base was. Mm-hmm. That's where the goddamn coach was from. That's the area that he knew. It's not bookings or Sioux Falls or South Dakota. So that was dumb, I thought. So there's, there's my thing right there. Um, and, they, and they've got a quote for every good and every bad. They've got a quote for each team, a good one and a bad one. The one, some summer league coach without a name, has no SDSU tradition, fan base. they got a practice facility. Coaches are paid uh, good money at the top of the league. It helps at the tournaments and some falls every year. This is where SDSU loses proximity to players, and it's a small farm town. Uh, that, that's really fucking held them back because they've got better facilities and better players than everybody else. I wouldn't even call it Brookings a farm town. Vermilion's more of a farm town. It's embarrassing. This is. Yeah. Uh, South Dakota finished sixth. Where they lose, one summer league assistant coach says the town stinks. It's not close to any players. <laughs> At the least they got the town up. stinks. I mean, that's that's dead on right there. Well, there you go. Um, 
I guess people think USC had the best facilities in the league along with NDSU. They pay coaches well and travel well. I don't know. They sure as hell haven't shown up to the goddamn tournament in Sioux Falls at 50 minutes from home or what the fuck do I know? Uh, it's like you, you could put this tournament in Tulsa and SDSU would have the most. You could put this tournament anywhere in the goddamn country and SDSU would outdraw every other team. SDSU women went to Syracuse to play a Northeastern team in Duquesne and they outgrew them fucking 2,500 miles away. So take your bullshit traveling well and get the hell out of here with that. So. <laughs> oh. and, and my favorite one besides Vermillion Stinks will end it with this. Where does Western Illinois lose? One summer league head coach says it's by far the worst job in the league and probably the worst Division One college town in the entire country. That's what's going on. I hate UMKC. I hate Western Illinois. They can both get bent. I like Augustana. Be one of these D2 Minnesota schools. Uh, yeah, because Western Illinois. I just dog shit. Dog D- shit of a town. A D1 school like you're calling Macomb, Illinois, one of the worst D1 s- cities. The worst. Yes. Wow. I mean, I'm thinking of you know. You know, a school in Utah or like Mississippi Western Valley State Illinois. or let's say Stetson, but I suppose that is in Florida. Wow, wow. Middle uh, middle of nowhere, Western Illinois, where the people don't care. They don't pay anybody. Their facilities are trash. It's the worst. So. That was my little thing there. Sounds like someone needed to just do something in their spare time and it came out with hot garbage. Yes. So, that's that's that. It's, you know, I disagree, I guess, a little on the facilities and I disagree a lot on the recruiting. Absolutely. That's that's the coach's opinion and not mine. All right. And with that... Well, uh, save some of that energy and that fiery uh, passion uh, for next week. I'm sure we'll have something else to talk about. Some idiot will do something stupid. Hopefully he's he's not the president. He does something stupid on an hourly basis. I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about. I'm sure the Twins division lead will be down to three and a half or something. So we'll talk about something. Yes, we will. And the Vikings uh, beating the Packers. That's what we'll talk about. Sounds good. All right, have a good week, my friend. All right, we'll see you next week. Sounds good. Travis Krenz joining us here. Always appreciate his time and perspective as always here. Very fiery, very passionate today. I like it. Uh, you could listen to this podcast, available podcast.com, search sports block. Otherwise, follow me on Twitter at IndyStacken, Travis Krenz at Travis Krenz, uh, Facebook Nathan Sacken, a link to the podcast, post in the middle to later part of each week. We'll see if we can get... Uh, Jeff Lloyd the second on uh, to talk about the Browns and get his NFL playoff picks. Uh, if not, we'll get him next week. And we'll try and get Charlie Hildebrand on. Uh, talk some college football here. Not the, well, then we'll wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. But we'll have a little more coming up here shortly. Sports Block Podcast. Continuing here on the Sports Block Podcast, pleased to be joined by a good friend. Now, let me make sure I get this right, Charlie. The Aberdeen American News, correct? 
Yep, that is correct. Oh, yes. I knew I would get it sooner than later. Charlie Hildebrand joining us here to talk some college football. Charlie, how are you doing? I'm good. I am good. I saw a rated R movie today, and at the age of 33, I got carded to get in. So I would assume that just means that I'm still, you know, have those boyish good looks and charm. Yes, I would say I'd say that uh, you're, you got the looks then. That That's great. Uh, were you scared by the movie? Uh, not really. I mean, I would assume we don't want to do a super long review of this, but... Uh, well, you're, you're going to spoil it for me. I'm not probably going to see it, so... <laughs> well, it's more for anyone that was sure. listening on the off chance they care. Okay. Not as good as the first one. Um, it kind of... I'm not, like, an expert on editing movies or anything. It seems like it's possible that maybe they got done making the movie and were like, oh... Yes, that's not scary after all. Let's just throw some jokes in at inappropriate parts. <laughs> I don't mean like inappropriate, like make you feel bad. I mean like something's supposed to be scary and it's not scary. So they're like, well, let's put a joke in there instead. So you and that'll cut attention. Did you take broadcast journalism classes at SDSU? Uh, I took some of them. Some. So I mean, uh, a, a good example to show how lazy I was. I was supposed to be a broadcast journalism major. And it wasn't until three or four years into school that I talked to one of my advisors, and it turned out uh, somehow that is not what I was signed up for. So <laughs> it turned out that I was—I had been a news editorial the whole time, and I was looking at the wrong stuff. That's fantastic, and, and uh, shame on your advisors for not uh, alerting you to that fact uh, sooner yeah. than than later. But you know, then what it would mean, you know, for like editing purposes and stuff, how, how edits have to be clean and crisp and everything to help make the story flow together. Speaking of editing, I think the Tennessee Volunteers would like to have an edit on their season, uh, particularly how uh, to maybe, you know, close out a game and not give up a 64-yard pass to, uh, to, a, to a BYU team that probably shouldn't have won. You know what? You have eight trips inside the thirty-five yard line, or whatever, and can only come up with two touchdowns. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, maybe Greg Schiano doesn't look so bad right now, after all. Right, <laughs> exactly right. Uh, this is very, very bad there in Knoxville. With, I mean, people can point to Florida State all they want, and Florida State's got their own issues. Uh, they needed a missed extra point to escape Louisiana Monroe. Um, so let just that let that sink in for a moment. But uh, in Knoxville, it isn't pretty right now, uh, to say the least. It's not good. And, you know, a lot of times there's a tipping point where you just kind of reach a point where there's so much negativity that a coach can basically do stuff right. I mean, it's like we can talk, this is the same way with politics. I'm not going to use any current politicians as an example, but if there's one side you like more, there's generally someone from the other side that. You know, they can say anything. And you're just going to be like, well, clearly that's wrong because this person's wrong about everything. Right. And basically when you reach that point in college football or any coaching, that's usually when you get fired. It's pretty hard to do that by game two of season two, but we may have entered that point with Tennessee. Um, I didn't think Jeremy Pruitt was going to end up being like the guy who worked wonders of Tennessee, but I also didn't think this quickly. It would just be like, huh, they uh, really don't have their stuff together, do they? I mentioned this to Travis earlier, but it doesn't it seem like Bill Belichick and Nick Saban, that their coordinators that leave to be, to be coaches at other teams or programs and stuff, they just don't do very good. Um, 
I mean, there's, there's a few that have done well. I think most notably, you know, Saban from Belichick, obviously. And then after that, Mark D'Antonio, who was, I think, the defensive coordinator sure. for Nick Saban. Yep. But, but basically, I still, you know, we can kind of debate about Bill O'Brien with the Houston Texans. But, like, overall, I agree with your point. I, I mean, it's basically you've got the best coach. Bill Belichick, probably in the history of American sports, not just football. Right. And Nick Saban, who's maybe the greatest college football coach ever. And there's just these people that are like, hmm, we're going to do what they do. And it's just like, well, maybe, but you're not going to do it as well as they do. So but I'm like, th- it's not going to work when you play. And yeah, so it's. And, I, and, and, you know, Kirby Smart with Georgia also has done well so far. That's but, but true. There's far more. There's far more that have not worked, partially because, you know, coaching's difficult. And also that's just, you know, the, you had to, some of the stuff that Alabama does is based off, I mean, a lot of it's coaching and, you know, but how that, they do offseason stuff. But some of yep. it's just raw talent. They just yep. don't have that level of raw talent at Tennessee or at almost any other school in the country to just be like, yeah, you know what? Even if things don't go well, we can probably just win on talent alone. And uh, certainly, you know, I'm not saying that Tennessee tried to win on talent alone the first right. two weeks, but their talent didn't get it done. And shame on me for forgetting Kirby Smart was, you know, with uh, Nick Saban at Alabama for as long as he was. Because you're right, he's done phenomenal. I'm just thinking, you know, Jeremy Pruitt no, still, at, at I Tennessee. Mean, there's so many other yeah. guys. And, you know, Will Buschamp at both Florida and at South Carolina, where it's not, that's not looking great. No, I, L- Lane Kiffin's kind of struggling. And Romeo Cornell. Yes. And, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I'm thinking like Lane Kiffin's kind of struggling now at Florida Atlantic. Of course, we have Jeremy Pruitt. There's a guy, I believe, at Louisiana, formerly Louisiana Lafayette, who uh, used to coach at Alabama, I believe, and he's even kind of surrounded by controversy with the whole, you know, like, hey, football players that don't make any money, you should donate to the, uh, yeah, you know, to I the foundation. That. I don't remember what his name is, but that, that was interesting. An interesting uh, thing from him. It just... It, it, to me, it seems like, you know what, yes, these these guys should have the, the knowledge on how to run these programs and be able to bring in better talent than what these schools had previously. But then again, you know, maybe karma is just uh, sticking with, te- you know, Tennessee for firing Philip Fulmer back all those years, even though Fulmer is now back with the, with the school. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's bad there. And it's also worth noting there are like like crazy conspiracy Tennessee people who think that Philip Fulmer purposely got Jeremy Pruitt because he knew it wouldn't work out, so so he could take over on the sidelines. Uh, Philip Fulmer, much like Barry Alvarez when Wisconsin coaches leave, I don't think that's the case. But there's conspiracy theorists in Tennessee out there that think that right now. I just I can't imagine you would want to sink your program even more to you know to then take longer for it to get back up there. I just don't. I I mean you know what conspiracy uh, theorists can do all they say all they want. I just don't see it. I forget if it was before the BYU game or before Georgia State week one, but I know there was a. You know Tennessee, they've got like the Vol Navy, and there's a, a river there that a lot of people you know sail their boats, you know, because the stadium's yeah. by the water and the, do that stuff. But the Cumberland? Is that is it the Cumberland, I think, or something like that? It could be. I don't remember. But um, uh, I know one of the boats, like, set on fire 
a caught fire like before the game. I, I like I said, I don't remember if that was before week one or week two, but it turned out that was a very foreboding sign that I'm sure people were like, "Yeah, that doesn't mean anything." And it's like, well, I don't know, maybe maybe it did something. It's a good analogy and, uh, for their season. In in Hollywood, we call that symbolism. Yes, uh, I mentioned Florida State. They escaped Louisiana Monroe. I mean. I I I don't think it's Willie Taggart's fault. I think there's there's a the cultural issue there, or you know, at Florida State where they just don't, don't want to give enough time to anyone. Kind kind of like at Texas too, uh, when Charlie Strong was there. But you know, Willie Taggart needs a little bit of time to get get his own system in and his own players. But the second halves of the first two games that they've played this year against Boise State and Louisiana Monroe are about as awful second halves as you could possibly get um i i just i don't get how whether it's their conditioning or they're taking their foot off the the pedal i i don't understand it i do not understand how you can be so good in the first half and so atrocious in the second half it's pretty weird i don't know what it is and i this is i don't know which is the the issue and which is just a symptom of the issue but also part of it is you know their defense has been terrible mm-hmm. and I feel like Florida State should never like at worst Florida State should be mediocre on defense like you know yep. we may get to LSU later LSU's maybe better on offense now but for a long time LSU wasn't good on offense but always had a good defense and you're always like I, why why can't they get a quarterback it shouldn't be that hard yeah, to get a quarterback it, at LSU but I think it's harder to put good offense together than good defense together, especially, you know, if you can recruit well, like Florida State can, you should be able to roll out at least an above-average defense. And it's weird that they're just not – I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, maybe that they have I've had a whole bunch of injuries or guys transfer that I forgot about or didn't see, but it just seems like – Florida State is like one of 10 schools that you should be like, you know what? They're going to have dudes on defense. They should at least be able to hold, you know, not everybody, but a lot of these teams, you know, especially like this week or this past week, you know, maybe not Boise State week one, but yeah. know, week two, we like, yeah, we held them to 17. But yeah. They, uh, but, but even like Justin Blackman in the offense, it just has completely gone away in no, the second half. I agree. It's not good either. Uh, I mean... But, but there's a lot of schools that, you know, you're like, yeah, they recruit well, but they're not great on offense. I just yep. I just feel like defense, they should just at least be able to be like, yeah, you know, we've got guys that can tackle. I mean... Yeah. It, you know, like, like Miami, you know, in Miami in the early 2000s was great. They were good at everything. And then, you know, the offense went, but the defense was still really good for a long time. And I just feel like Florida State... And maybe, you know, probably to a lesser extent, Tennessee, too, I guess, if we're being honest, be able to at least be like, yeah, you know, our offense sucks, but we'll just try to win game 17 to 10 right now. It's it's amazing here. I mean, I know if we get to October and we, we start playing, you know, bull bound or not, and then when will they? I would hope like hell that, you know, teams like UCLA and Tennessee and Miami all have a win under their belt by that time. I mean, if Miami can't beat Central Michigan or Bethune-Cookman here in the next two weeks, that's a major issue. I mean, I would love to say that Tennessee shouldn't have any problem with Chattanooga, but they had issues with Georgia State and then still with BYU. It's just, 
it 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 defies logic really what's going on there in Knoxville. I mentioned Miami, they're 0 and 2. UCLA is 0 and 2. UCLA has looked dreadful and Chip Kelly has lost whatever magic that he had at Oregon. Probably should have stayed with the Ducks and kept that magic there in Eugene. Um are you do you have any concerns with the Hurricanes? They've lost a couple of, you know, fairly close games. I mean, the people thought yeah, that this would it be. It doesn't look good for Miami right now. Now, to be fair, you know, we, I, I think myself, I don't know what if you thought this, but I and a lot of people thought, you know, North Carolina wasn't going to be any good. You're <laughs> one under an old head coach, but. They've matched know, the win know, total maybe, that I had North for Carolina's, them. Yeah, maybe North Carolina's actually not that bad. But still, I would say it's definitely concerning uh, for Miami that, you know, two weeks in, that they're 0 2. Worse, though, than UCLA? I mean, UCLA looks dreadful. No, no. I, I, sorry, I, for, I forgot about DC. I mean, it, you know, losing at Cincinnati, I think Cincinnati is probably going to be pretty good this year. I don't know if there's a whole lot of shame necessarily in that one. But but you look at this past weekend, and the way they were in year one, you know, they, they beat USC at the end of the year, and people thought maybe they were turning things in the right direction. But I, I, I don't know. It's... You would, you, would, like, you would think that they would be better, but especially in year two. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what's going on with Chip Kelly, or you know, maybe he's maybe he's just phoned it in, and he's just like, you know what, I don't care, I'm just going to take these checks and you know, maybe I choose. That certainly could be. I mean, San Diego State beat Weber Weber State six to nothing week one. Two field goals is all they could manage against a middle of the road FCS team. Um, and then San Diego State just rolls over UCLA. Well, his final score was like what twenty three to fourteen, something like that. Uh, something like that. Ryan yeah. Agnew, I think, set a career high in passing yards. So clearly, Chip Kelly's defense is in uh, midseason form or lack thereof. Because <laughs> I, I, I just don't get it. There are those sort of performances like that again. I don't mean to rehash, you know, Tennessee and Florida State, but. When you see these programs that are just are historically very good programs struggling as bad as they are, it just makes you scratch your head and say, what the heck is going on? Yeah, and, you know, I'm not saying it's going to happen. It's certainly possible that both of those teams could end up going like 7-5 and five and are just having early season struggles. But year two, you know, that it doesn't look good after, you know, they – they both looked very bad most of year one, and I, I like I, I don't know I, I don't know if we're ever going to get into like Nebraska or not. But there's a then they won week one, but there's been an element of I don't know, kind of like fool me once, shame on you. Fool me seven years in a row, shame on me with some yep. of these schools. Where just every year it's like no, no, best off season ever. Strength coaches getting after people. We're stronger than we've ever been. We're actually doing good leadership now. Our captains are better than they've ever been. And then you just the season starts. And it's just like, oh, no, this is the same that it's always been. Well, you, you, guys, you guys just lied to us or misrepresented the truth or something. Well, you mentioned Nebraska. I mean, they. I th- is it fair to say that they struggled with South Alabama? 
I mean, they scored three non-offensive yeah, I mean, touchdowns. played okay. Their offense was dreadful against right. South Alabama, so I think it's fair to say they struggled. And they then, struggled in the second half against a bad Colorado team. Right, they had a 17 nothing lead at the half. Even though they're 2-0, Colorado's probably going to go 5-7. I don't think they're any good. Right. And I... I say this like hat, like a third joking and two thirds serious, but I'm sure you know what this is like. You know, as a Vikings fan, where the Vikings have been good, but certainly ripped your heart out at oh, yeah. that. I don't know. This Colorado loss was not the most painful loss I've ever had in my life, but based off all the positive offseason stuff, it was one of those losses where you just start questioning everything in your life. You're just <laughs> like, why am I paying attention to sports? Like, why am I not doing something more productive with my time? How much time have I wasted watching this dumb team? Not, not this dumb stuff over and over and over again. Not to rub salt in the wound or anything, but you could probably just forego the other 15 Miami Dolphins games this year. Yeah. And I've made my peace with the Dolphins. I, I care more about Nebraska than the yep. Dolphins. But, yeah, the Dolphins are going to be dreadful. Uh, the, uh, the Lions and the Bucks may have some room on the winless season now. Yeah, certainly could happen. Um, you know, even Minnesota, they're 2-0, but they struggled. To, they shouldn't have beat South Dakota State. Uh, if Jabori Gibbs doesn't fumble, you know, that, that handoff with – with the running back there in the fourth quarter, I think South Dakota State prevails in that one. And then Minnesota was, you know, doing a very nice job against Fresno State. And you get a dumb penalty and all of a sudden Fresno State scores a touchdown at the end of the first half of that game. You, you know, they, Minnesota was lucky, very fortunate to be able to force overtime. And then they wanted in double overtime. But even at 2-0, you're like, oh, okay, so Minnesota is not uh, who we thought they were <laughs> supposed to be anyway, at least those of us that maybe had some higher expectations for them this year. Yeah, we thought the Big Ten West was pretty wide open. It turns out either Wisconsin or Iowa was going to win the Big Ten West. Yep. It looks like pretty – now things could change, but through two weeks it looked like they're so much better than the other five teams that uh, – Whatever they play, I don't know what week that is. That's the game that's going to decide who wins the division. I They play Iowa November 16th. Only reason I know that is because it's my birthday and I know that the, the Gophers are going to lose. Why, why would they come out with a big win at Iowa? And then uh, and then uh, Wisconsin, I think, is a couple weeks later there. Uh, staying in the Big Ten, Michigan barely survived Army. I wanted Army to win that game so bad. Uh, I also did. I uh, am going to be sort of lame here and say potential social media, Facebook posts and tweets I had all lined up yep. for when Army won and couldn't even do it. But I was just going to have that feeling you get when Army beats Michigan and it was going to be a YouTube video of the opening for HBO's Band of Brothers of just that <laughs> sort of melancholy music they play. Yep. And I was so excited. And then, of course... You know, and that's like, why I, like they used to say, you know, when you when you throw the ball, three things can happen, and two of them are bad. Yeah, and the second army starts throwing it, bad things happen. It's like you know, Herm Edwards said, "Don't press send." And I always feel like that. Oh boy, I should tweet that. You know, army's up and you know, like stuff, and like you know, don't tweet it now because it's just gonna come back to bite you in the ass. Um, I you know that that field goal kicker, the freshman, just miss missing that field goal at the end of regulation. By a yard. I mean, if, if that's a, a yard and yeah, a half how in. Long was, it was like a 53 was yarder. Like 40, 53, yeah. I mean, talk about freshman in college, your first ever kick, a potential game winner 
at Michigan on the road against the top 10 team. And he didn't miss it by much. Yeah, I mean, it would have been great if he would have made it, but I just remember thinking, like, I'm sure this kid is extremely good at what he does and, you know, will make the United States proud doing whatever, but that's not a, uh, for your first college kick, that's not, 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 not ideal. Not ideal conditions. (laughs) Uh, I mean, Ohio State looks very, very good, uh, and I just don't trust Michigan. I, I think it's I, how can you trust Michigan to get the job done this year and get by yeah, Ohio I mean, State? Compared to some of the teams we've talked about, certainly Michigan's in a much better place because they're two and zero. And yep. yeah, Army's a little bit better than some people want to give credit for. I mean, I don't think they're certainly not a top fifteen team, but. They're difficult to play, and they shorten games, and you get fewer possessions, and it makes it tough. But another fool me once, shame on you, fool me five years in a row, I'm an idiot. Um, you know, Michigan with, the, oh, no, Josh Gannis calling plays, a new offensive coordinator. Our offense, look how great it's going to be. It's like in, only two weeks in, but it's like, now nah, you're still not going to get on offense in Michigan. Right. And, and you know what? They can probably still win 10 games if they're not great on offense. I don't think they're going to beat Ohio State, though. Before we get to LSU, uh, the Pac-12, Oregon had a heartbreaking loss against Auburn week one. Thought they should have won it. I you know, I feel bad that they, they didn't because that was really the Pac-12's big chance. And then Washington inexplicably loses to Cal. I have a couple questions on with that game. A, for, you know, first, how do you have a 17-yard field goal? Uh, you, you know, The ball's got to be at the goal line. And you, I mean, but seriously, That's you know, true. I mean, technically, it should be at least an 18 yard field goal because, you know, if you're uh, 10 yards from the end zone to the goalpost and seven yards back to snap it. So, yeah. It just, it's so and weird. Also, you should just get a touchdown in the first place. Probably like should. Um, and then, you know, that game was delayed some two and a half hours because of, you know, s- severe weather, thunderstorms. In the area, I don't know how big of an effect that had on Washington, but that's certainly a head-scratching loss for the Huskies, and now their their hopes are screwed and dashed. And unless USC pulls off a you know pulls a rabbit out of their hat and makes a significant run, the Pac-12 once again is going to get shut out of the playoff this year. Well, maybe. I mean, I think they probably will. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. I suppose because, Utah you know, could do it, too. Big, the, the big, you know, everyone in the SEC outside of Alabama or Georgia could have three losses. And same with the Big 12 also. And it could, I mean, it could be they just get in by virtue of, you know, the other conferences beating each other up. But certainly through two weeks, the Pac-12 uh, does not look like they're changing their streak of uh, getting in. Like, they got in the first year with Oregon in 14 I, I'm sorry, I forgot that Washington got in that one year yep. too. But still, I think it's been three years since they've been in. Yep, and it's probably as of now, it looks like it's definitely getting stretched for. The LSU Texas game was phenomenal on Saturday, and two things strike me more than anything: a Joe Burrow for LSU is, becomes only the third LSU quarterback ever to throw for 400 yards in a game, which is insane. And two, I love Matthew McConaughey being disappointed because it's payback for those stupid Lincoln commercials. What do you don't like Lincoln cars? So are you un-American? Wow, <laughs> I can't believe you. <laughs> and he's got the—I forget what they call it—like the 
the uh, Minister of Culture. Like yes. The title he's got for Texas now. Oh, it's so great. I just I love it. You're a, a Hollywood you know, mega star. You can just kind of do whatever you want. I, I love the coach that Coach O kind of mocked that stuff that after the game. That was fantastic. And Joe Burrow, I mean, finally, you know, a lot of we heard many times over the years, even when he was at Ohio State, that he was probably going to be the starter until Dwayne Haskins beat him out. And, you know, he looked okay last year, but didn't ever look great. This was like the first time that where it was just like, yep, that's the. Uh, that's the Joe Burrow people have been talking about for two years that, you know, this guy should be good. It's like we've finally seen that now. And in, you know, one game, but, I mean, I guess he played well last week too, but finally since what, the Zach Bettenberger and Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry, you know, LSU finally good on offense again. Yeah, they got great wide receivers, uh, a good defense. Like, and the LSU defense – in that game, early on, kept them in it. You know, they had the big goal line stop against Texas early on. Two of them, back-to-back. Yes. They had the one, and then, and then they immediately turned it over, put their yep. defense in a bad spot, and they bailed them out again. Yep, and and I think Texas is good. We I think we both have Texas in the playoff, if I re, if memory serves me correct. We, we both really think Sam Ellinger is a, a very good quarterback, so this is by no means a bad – you know, this is a fantastic win for LSU, and I'll just kind of th- looking at how it, how they looked in this win, and what it could do for them here going forward. Of course, they need Texas to win. You you would love to see Texas beat Oklahoma at least once and not lose pr- again prior to the Big Twelve championship game. But let's say LSU loses the inevitable. Alabama game, which they always do. Um, can they? St- how big? How legitimate of a threat are they as a playoff team? With if they only lose one game and that and not have a chance to play in the SEC championship. I mean, I think it's definitely possible. I mean, you know, Alabama got in. I mean, Alabama's different; gets more benefit of the doubt than other teams, and I think that's understandable. But. You know, Alabama got in without winning the conference. Um, Ohio State also did it a few years ago. I think Texas is probably going to be pretty good. I don't even think Texas has to win out. I think, you know, beating a 10-2 and Texas team, that's would sure. probably be ranked in the top 10, certainly in the top 15, and beating everybody else besides Alabama, that would give them an incredibly good schedule. I mean, it would depend on other stuff, too. You know, we'd have to know. You know, if Oklahoma's undefeated or if there's a Big Ten team that's undefeated, I would assume, you know, the ACC does not look great outside of Clemson, so it's quite possible they'll be undefeated. You know, teams like that can keep them out. But, I mean, with an offense like that, it it, this this, there have been times the last few years where, you know, people always talk about LSU underachieving. This, This feels like the first time since, I don't know when, at least three or four or five years where you watch them, and I know it's still early, only two weeks in, but you're just like, oh yeah, these this this looks like, you know, when when people still like Les Miles, this looks like those LSU teams right now. And I don't, if I'm, I'm just thinking of their schedule here, I know they have a game against Florida, but that's in, uh, in Baton Rouge. I think they have to play Auburn. They definitely have to play Auburn because they're in the same division. Yep. Yep. I don't. I don't. Besides Florida, I don't know who their other cross division opponent is. It's. I mean, I, I'm guessing it's probably not Georgia. If it is Georgia, that would change things. But I'm 
I don't Obviously, if it's not outside I, of Florida and Georgia, I don't think there's anyone else in the East you look at and think, oh man, they look tough in the SEC East there. I feel like it's Vanderbilt. I feel like they play Vander Vandy here in the next couple of weeks. Um, but either way, the, the schedule shapes up really well for them. Um, and yeah, so- I mean, I think if we're honest too, I mean, if you look at the SEC West, you know, LSU obviously does not have to play themselves. So that's a team they avoid. Right. Alabama, right. incredibly difficult. I don't think they're going to beat Alabama, but you take away LSU and Alabama, you know, who else is in the West? I think Auburn beat Oregon. I think Auburn's probably good. I don't think this is one of the every three or four years where Auburn raises up and is fantastic. You know, I would imagine this will be an 8-5 and five or a 9-4 and four Auburn team. They're probably better, though, than we thought they were going to be headed into the season. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was thinking they'd have a worse record than that. That's so why I'm, I'm upping them a little bit by saying, you know, like 9-4. and four. But, yep. but you, and then, you know, you throw them, them aside. You know, I think Texas A&M, you know, lost to Clemson. I think Texas A&M's fine, but probably not a great deal better than Auburn. Now then, really quickly, you know, I think the SEC West is still a good division, but not the top-to-bottom juggernaut it was five or six years ago. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Arkansas sucks. The Mississippi schools aren't great. Um, yeah, no, I, I would agree with you in that regard. Uh, and so the LSU quarterback situation, Joe Burrow, certainly has been a pleasant surprise. Is Maryland perhaps the biggest surprise in college football this season with the points that they're putting up with Josh Jackson, former Virginia Tech Hokie, Quarterback Josh Jackson, they're uh, helping lead the way. It's tough to say definitively the most. I mean, if you want to go the most in a positive way. Yes. Yep. Um, probably. I can't think of anyone else off the top of my head. Um, just because, you know, they, you know, I don't really care about beating Howard. You know, I think it was 79 to nothing. Howard's terrible. That doesn't mean a lot. Yep. And maybe Syracuse is overrated. But even if they are, the way they just pummeled Syracuse. But, you know, I, I I remember there were people talking about Maryland had only win two games in their first season under uh, uh, Michael Oxley this year. I was thinking they'd win, like, four games. And now, I mean, certainly I don't think we're going to win the Big Ten East. But it's like, well, you know, Maryland might be only game four. Right. I mean, like, at this point, I'm not saying they will. Would we be – I don't know where the game's played at, but would we, would we be stunned – to hear that Maryland would beat like Michigan or Michigan State, like I, I don't think that sounds crazy anymore. No, it doesn't. Uh, and I'm I'm just thinking here now. I don't because they have to go to Ohio State this year. Um, They're not going to beat Ohio but, State, I don't think. Yeah. especially after last year, the way that one went down to the wire, and Ohio State should have lost to Maryland. And I agree with that. I'm just thinking with Josh Jackson there, you're going to have him for. A couple of seasons. Maryland could be a factor in the Big Ten East here. Certainly, I don't think we think Ohio State's going to be able to maintain this level, you know, where they're at, even though Justin Fields has been very good. Uh, Michigan, probably not going to be a huge, you know, successful team year in and year out. And you know what? The pressure might get to Jim Harbaugh. They might fire him. Maryland could be a factor in the Big Ten East here, you know, next year. You know, in two years, they they certainly could. I don't think they're going to win the Big Ten East anytime soon. I think it's just that's going to it's going to be difficult for anyone outside of the states of Michigan, Ohio, or Pennsylvania to ever win that. But but Maryland seems like a school that you know, like you know, we talked about it earlier. 
you know, maybe got rid of a coach. I, you know, we, you talk about with Fulmer at Tennessee that yep. Maryland got rid of Ralph Region, probably shouldn't have done that. Um, but maybe they've got a guy now that, like, Maryland, they're not going to be able to do what Ohio State or Michigan can consistently, but they're in an incredibly fertile recruiting area where they can get people you know, from Ohio or Pennsylvania or Maryland, and you yep. can get some places Virginia. further in the South. I mean, that's, I don't think Maryland is, like, one of the ten easiest places to recruit, but it's its much easier than a lot of schools, especially if you start having success. Yes. And, you know, maybe some colorblind people who don't realize how hideous their uniforms and helmets are. <laughs> but, yes. but, I mean, you, you know, I mean, even when they weren't good, you know, they usually have at least some dudes, and, it's, and it appears that once again Maryland has some dudes again, and you know they're good at putting up points. And if you can get, you can get thirty, you know, in any game, that doesn't mean you're going to win all of them, but you can win a lot of them. You got a good chance, at least. Yeah, that's for sure. Anything else the first couple of weeks that we haven't gotten to that you would like to mention? Hmm, that's a good question. I probably had more stuff after week one than week two. I guess the biggest thing, we talked a little bit about it with Washington and Cal, and this is just maybe a funny anecdote to me at least, that I uh, I got home from work Saturday, was fairly upset that Nebraska lost, and didn't feel like watching football. I watched, cause, and also because when I got home, the LSU-Texas game was over. I was uh, watching that on and off at work. Yeah, Completely forgot about Washington and Cal didn't somehow had missed that didn't know it was on i had saw that the weather was delayed but i'd completely forgotten about it since then i didn't find out until like six o'clock sunday that washington lost <laughs> and it was just one of those things where you know on a crazy saturday that, that sort of got lost in the shuffle to be a little bit and it was just like wait what right How did that happen well i i think this too you know what obviously the pack 12 after dark sort of deal you know people naturally are not going to be staying up that late to watch them. And then when you delay two and a half hours, anyway, the kickoff time there was like 10.30 local. Or 10, 10 or 10.30. It's just crazy how late it actually got. But uh, certainly missed a good ending there. And, uh, and then uh, the last thing, yep. while I was I also partially said the Washington stuff while I was trying to think of something else. And remember this. I'm going to preface this with I don't think it's going to be three straight years that you know, a Heisman and a number one draft pick. Oh, I'm not yeah. calling that Jalen Hurts is going to do it. Yep. He looks really, really good through two weeks. He does. He, he shock, he's shocking me. It, it, and I think he shocked a lot of people. I think we, yeah, it, it's unbelievable what he's doing. Everything I said about Bill Belichick and Nick Saban's true. It's possible that Lincoln Riley is just this generation's like offensive quarterback whisperer. And it's just like, now it doesn't matter. We will find even three guys that are at least Division One quality guys. We're going to find a way to score a lot of points on offense. He's the Sean McVay. Yeah, Oklahoma's done that ever since. I forget what year it was. He left ECU to be the OC at Oklahoma. I think it was Baker Mayfield's sophomore year, which uh, or his first year at Oklahoma, which is weird that you know, all of a sudden it was like, oh, my God, this walk-on kid looks great. Everyone who's replaced him since then looked a great deal. He is the Sean McVay of the college ranks in that, you know how anyone who touches Sean McVay becomes a head coach. Well, any quarterback that gets under center at Oklahoma, I guess in shotgun, because they don't go under center anymore, uh, 
but any yeah, quarter. The, uh, I guess I, I don't know if you can see a kingmaker because you know the coach is more important than the quarterback. I guess yep. the, like the Duke maker, the Earl, or the sure. Baron maker. Either way, whoever whoever touches the football and or throws whoever is a quarterback at Oklahoma becomes a first round pick, and it certainly seems that Jalen Hurts is on his way there. Um, we'll keep checking in though, Charlie. Appreciate the time as always, my friend, and. Uh, yeah, uh, pretty soon, bullbound or not, we'll be we'll be making its triumphant return, and uh, we'll see if maybe Tennessee has won a game by the next time we talk. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it, buddy. All right, thank you, Charlie. Yep, talk to you later. Have fun at your party. I, I'm looking forward to it. Party, party all the time. <laughs> thank you, Charlie. Charlie Hildebrand, Amer- uh, Aberdeen American News. Uh, does a lot of great work there for him. Great stuff. Just phenomenal. Just phenomenal. Uh, yeah, Tennessee sucks. Florida State sucks. UCLA, Miami, they're all bad. Then you have the you know, Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma. My goodness. Um, yeah, with that, I think we'll just wrap this week's uh, this week up here this week's podcast this week's edition we're back on a regular schedule here we'll try and get an SDSU podcast here at some point I say try because um, it's just been it's been challenging but uh, we'll, we'll try and do that here at, at some point uh, we'll get Jeff Lloyd the second from the Lockdown Browns podcast on to talk about the Cleveland Browns we'll hopefully win next week um, and also get his playoff picks um, stuff so we'll get that here at some point um, but with that being said thank you for listening to this week's edition of the sports blog podcast again find us on podcast.com sports blog uh, twitter at Andy Stacken, Travis Crins at Travis Crins, Charlie Hildebrand CE Hildebrand uh, Facebook Nathan Stacken. a link to the podcast posted in the middle to later part of each week hope you enjoyed this week's edition uh, we'll try and drop down on the swearing next week hopefully um, but plenty of football football's in the air, football has started and we will be talking a lot of it as well as Minnesota Twins and the like, so for Travis and Charlie, I'm Nathan saying thank you very much for listening to this week's edition of Sports Block Podcast hope you enjoyed it and we'll be back next week to talk more sports with you on another edition of the Sports Block Podcast have a good week everyone